Because like, you know, that person who wears suspenders day in and day out, you might want to judge them for that, but it could very well be because their bottom half isn't attached to their top half and the suspenders are what's keeping them together. So you know what? Mind your damn business. I'm Jenna. And I'm Khadija. Welcome to the Ghouls and Galdem podcast. We've created this space for fans of the horror noir film genre that crave nuanced representation and commentary. From the perspectives of Black women, Black storytellers, and Black horror fans who geek out and freak out <laughs> over anything that gets us gooped and spooked. <laughs> And here we are back again. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back with all my friends. <laughs> here we are back again for another episode of the Ghouls and Galdem podcast. Y'all check out our episode description for content and trigger warnings if your head and your heart requires that information. So this episode, you know how we normally warn you about spoilers? That's not necessary today because this episode, you don't have to worry. Yeah. We've got something special in store for y'all. No spoilers ahead. We're shaking things up a bit and following up our last episode with something that's a little out of the ordinary. Mm, Well, that's what this new season is all about. Shaking things up, right? So because our last episode was a review on Candyman, we thought we'd take a deep dive into some urban legends ourselves, you know? We both scoured the internet and the recesses of our memories and traumas for stories that we were told (laughs) throughout our lives about urban legends and myths that we grew up hearing. Because they were everywhere. Because, like, I feel like everybody was just trying to scare the shit out of each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was the gag. That was the gag, was just to try to, like, scare the shit out of one another as children, as teens, even as adults. Yeah, like, that's what, are you afraid of the dark? Those kids literally combine themselves every night at, like, what, 11.30 p.m.? <laughs> I love it. I love getting scared. It's a half hour, you know, midnight, witching hour, you pour that shit out. I'd be like, why? Why you fucking gotta leave me with a bucket? <laughs> <laughs> it's the adrenaline rush that we're all going after. Oh, and it was actually funny, because, like, I remember I had a crush on that, that lead guy with the glasses, and then he ended up being, like, a... What do you call it? Like a meteorologist? Oh. A weatherman, if you will. Oh. Weather person. Oh. Yeah. Like a Canadian? I think in like like Kitchener or something. Weathercaster? Yeah. Oh. Definitely. <laughs> now I'm so curious. I know. No, it was a, a big thing. We were all like, what? What did he do after? And we're like, this is it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Child stardom. Now we're the cloud that. We're the participation. Participation. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it is. Precipitation? Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. I feel like this is a fun one because like even like, oh, what was that one freaky story? It's like it happened to a friend of a friend of mine kind of shows. And like, I remember they told this one. There's like this beautiful, beautiful woman. I guess she was like the beautifulest woman in all the land or some type of thing. It was like kind of like medieval era. I don't know. Or one of those like those eras where they wear chokers all the time. <laughs> So, you know what I mean? The like, year 2000? Not the 90s. 2002. 2000? 2002 was the era of the choker. <laughs> At least as far as my fashion memory goes. It never happened before then. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. So it's like, 
You know, like when you'd have like a bustle, like the bustle was in. <laughs> so this man saw this lady and she was so fine. And she would wear this, this choker like all the time. And like, I don't know why this like bothered this man so much. I don't know why this irked me even as a child. Like I read this story as a child and like, I, he, for some reason, he was just pissed off that she wore this choker all the time. She wore it in the bathtub. She wore it to bed. She wore it everywhere. Wait, was like, she I guess, his like, woman? I mean, yeah, his woman. Like I put that in quotes because, like, he doesn't own her or whatever. But, like, you know what I no, mean? Like, was she? But they are they are in a romantic they relationship. They were together. Like, yeah, okay. eventually they become because she's so fine. And then, like, he notices this choker. And then I guess this choker just, like, pisses him off during their whole relationship. I don't <laughs> Listen, I get it. My, I used to have these like pink and black polka dot shorts that my ex hated. But did you think that stopped me from wearing them? Not at all. Yeah. Because I looked cute. I bet she looked cute in her choker. Dude, who doesn't look good in the choker? That's what I mean. Like anybody. <laughs> Your Nona. Your Nona look good in a choker. Like don't, don't, don't hate. Not choker my Nona, but like the proverbial season. Nona would look good in a choker. You know, like, it's nice. A nice, like, neck elegation. You know, that nice, <laughs> tender little part. The neck is sexy. I don't know. So I don't know why this man was so pissed, <laughs> even as a little youth. And, like, he keeps going, and she, like, makes some type of excuse or something, and she kind of also goes, like, yo, like, remember, motherfucker, like, don't don't touch this fucking necklace. Like, don't touch if you touch this necklace, like, something bad's neck. gonna happen. And he just, he just can't fucking stop it. And then he fucking takes off the necklace and then the bitch's head pops off. What? <laughs> what? So the choker had been holding her head on straight the yeah, whole time? Yeah, that was like, I guess like, I don't know. They never give you a backstory of why this choker is on this lady's neck. But just like, I guess that was her little hidden secret. Wow. And like this man just couldn't, he wasn't satisfied. <sighs> you know what I mean? I'm like, but what? It's, do you need to scratch? Oh, shucks. He killed her, you know? He Curiosity killed, like, killed uh, your wife, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you killed your wife. <laughs> like, what's up about that? Like, what did you know now? <laughs> Nothing. Now you gotta go, you gotta go through all that again. <laughs> like, uh, I think I learned something from that story. Consent. Don't touch other people when they don't want you to touch them. I think the lesson from that story is to not judge other people's fashion sense. That's my takeaway. Because, oh, like, you know, that person who wears suspenders day in and day out, you might want to judge them for that, but it could very well be because their bottom half isn't attached to their top half, and the suspenders the are what's keeping yeah, them no. together. So you know what? Mind you know your what damn business. Yeah, actually, that's another lesson. That's another lesson that you learned. Bay feta, like, mind your business. Like, that's what you get. Shame on you. Okay, so that's the lady with the ribbon neck, urban legend. What else you got? What else you got for us? So <laughs> I will tell you, I think this is a fun one. Okay. Because, like, this is something that you you get to learn as you age in life. And I'm from, you know, I'm from Tilsonburg. And there's like cows and other types of livestock. And cow tipping isn't real. You can't tip cows. Really? And I know people Stop think this. That Stop might this be, right no, now. Okay. You can't. Okay. Okay. You I, can't. Okay. So you're from you Tilsonburg. I grew up in Toronto. I, you know, what did not grow up around farm life and livestock. You're telling me that all the stories that I heard about like farm kids tipping cows because it was the only form of entertainment, those are all lies? Yes. 
They're all lies. American television has sold you a lie. Wow. A lie, I tell you. And you want to know why? I looked this up and it's kind of funny. Have you ever tried to tip a cow, Jenna? Well, like, yes, I've tried to tip a cow. But the twist of the story was, is that like we were we were at a party. And so like, you know, as you do out into a further, cause there's other towns by Tilsonburg, like Delhi and like, you know, with like names with like Commissioner Road <laughs> as like the fucking street name. And like, what do you call it? Like your address is like 0.1.28245. Oh. Commissioner's Road. And you're like, you imagine trying to order fucking food. <laughs> and they're usually out in the middle of fucking nowhere. So like... No Ubers or Lyfts. Yo. No, never happening. Like, I don't know. Maybe now anything could happen, but I don't really know. But like, we were partying and like we stumbled upon this road and we we're in the middle of nowhere. And like, we were like, yeah, no. And we saw these things that like we assumed to be cows. And like, we jumped over this fence and like I tore my ass up. <sighs> <laughs> over this fence and they were nice cute jeans too i really like those ones like it was like just enough where you're like oh that's a low rise but also like hug on the hip so you feel safe you're like ah my butt crack won't mm. show in these <laughs> ah comfort comfort and sexy but i tore that ass out then we go and we're going and we're going and we go and we get closer and closer and they were fucking hay bales like you know those big ones yeah 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 like, you know how, like, you see in, like, the rolling hills of Saskatchewan, yeah. those types of things? Yeah. Yeah, we thought those were cows. So that was the twist, is that they weren't cows. But I just needed people to know that, like, you can't tip a cow. Okay, but, like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, imagine that. No, no, no. That was the womp womp. It's a little disappointing. Womp womp to the story. Yeah, it was. No, I really wanted to tip one. But, like, the thing is, is cows don't sleep standing up. That's what farmers tell people. They, they sleep on their bellies. I feel like I've been lied like to. Like horses sleep standing up. Yeah, no. So horses, horses sleep do standing sleep up. standing, but cows don't. Yeah. Okay. Another fun fact, what was always fun, is you could tell when it was going to rain because like a lot of them would be laying down. I don't know if there's any like farmer people that end up saying like, this is not a thing. I just noticed this throughout my lifetime. So I'm just saying. But like they're all like laying down, mm. like at least more than half. Mm. And you're like, oh, shit. Like they know They're the rain ready. is coming <laughs> and they want to keep their underbellies yeah. dry. Like, you know what I mean? Cows are just playing it safe. They love it. <laughs> the other one's kind of fun because it also goes into like a little bit of a. So my dad, this one time he told me because like I was like, I think I just asked him. It was when we were doing the recording for the Duffy stuff. Uh -huh. And he's like, yo, you want to hear some like spooky shit? And I was like, oh. Okay. Like, it's always a good sign when your dad is like, you want to hear something super fucked up? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Don't tell anyone, but. Oh, man. It was so funny. And he was also so willing to give these stories because he's just like, yeah, no, like I see ghosts and shit. And I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Let me tell you, tell you, tell you, tell me everything. And so he talked about how he saw like his grandma. And I was like, oh, that's tense. And then, like, I think she, like, died. And then, like, his dad had to, like, shoo away the spirit. And then I think when he, like, went outside. Yeah, I think these two stories intertwine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not, this is not one just story. Yeah, yeah, these two. So he goes outside. And then he sees, like, this, like, he said it was a calf. And it was, like, glowing and shit. And it was nighttime. And, like, the thing about that I know that, like, staying with my dad and where he lives and like Santa Cruz and stuff, it doesn't get any like pitch black than like in the bush. 
What do you mean? There's just, oh yeah, there's just like no light. It's like in Guyana too. Unless you're on the main street, there's just no light because you're practically in the bush. Yeah, man. And like the beautiful ominous of it all. And I'm just like, and then you just picture like this fucking glowing livestock where there's no livestock around. I'm like, oh my God. And I was like, yo. An alien cow? An alien calf. Yo. According to like Caribbean people, it's like an evil spirit, a specific evil duppy who terrifies and tortures people, sometimes killing them with fury. And it's also funny because this is also the specific thing. It said, in Jamaica during the 1800s, this Caribbean folklore became popular as there was little electricity, making evenings extra dark and spooky and perfect setting to share spine chilling stories and creature who roam the nearby at night. And I was like, yeah! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like an alien cow to me. <laughs> like, move <laughs> the fuck over. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> How are you not shitting your pants? Like, I was like, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot to see in the span of like 15 minutes as like a child. Like, oh. oh God. And then just finding out that it's just like this, evil thing yeah it's just a wicked thing it's just a wicked thing roaming roaming the countryside at night just like slow slow like a cow just chilling in the field but doing some evil shit just a neon cow cow. scaring the shit out of people making them think that the aliens are here to abduct them (laughs) it's like that it's that like that image that you would see a lot in the early 90s and 2000s where an alien invasion would happen and then you'd just see like the flying saucer and then a spotlight would come down and it would hit a cow and then all of a sudden the cow starts levitating up towards (laughs) I always wondered why the aliens were up to getting those cows. Yeah, why were they so obsessed with livestock? What's the cows doing? I think it's because they can't fight back. Cows and anal probes. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they were anal probing the cows. They're furries. They're furries that just <laughs> aliens just so are secretly to love furries. Anal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you got have the ominousness because they wear the cows. So you're like, okay, that's where it gets a little real rough. But like, still, <gasps> they're partying. Anal aliens love to party. Oh, I don't doubt that for a second. Why do you think they're out roaming the galaxies looking for other bumping spots? Trolling for butts. It's like us when we would go cruising in our early 20s. <laughs> Just going along Queen Street. <laughs> oh my God. What a time. Just jumping from one club to another in the entertainment district. <laughs> yeah. Like, fun time. Oh man. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> Hot child in the city. <laughs> Talking down and looking pretty. <laughs> and. I was just like, yeah, no, cool. So then I was like, oh, good. I'm, I'm glad we've now broken that barrier where we're like, okay, so supernatural stuff is on the table now? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Thank you for being my dad. Love you. Thanks for sharing. But yeah, no, it was pretty insightful about those spirits. And like, then looking into those types of Caribbean folklores, it's like, I love that we have like succubents and like old egg and mm. all those types of things. Oh my God, the you old egg and the baku and all that is so common in Guyana too. Yeah. Little monsters. We have our own. And they're so nice. And like, I found this other one that was pretty cool. I liked it. It gives off, and maybe it probably is a direct thing from Black Panther, but you know, and like, What's Michael B. Jordan's name? What's his, what's his name? Killmonger. Oh, Killmonger. Ooh, yeah. So 
when he was like, yeah, no, like I'd rather die than be enslaved. And like, and then he gives oh, that yeah, whole when he's like, like monologue when about I these die, people. don't bury me, throw me over the river with my, I'm butchering this, with my ancestors that were smart enough da, to know da, da, that, da, you know, da. a life at the bottom of the ocean was better than a life in submission or, wow, I, for anyone who's, Yo, that's, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good. It's a pretty good paraphrasing. It's summary if I, if, it. I, if I do no. say so myself. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Don't fucking don't, no. You did you did good there, <laughs> and then so that even just goes to show how much this story has kind of been shown. It even says that it it does pop up in a lot of different parts of a Black American culture, and like even just like of the diaspora in general. Like even like I guess Daughters of the Dust mentioned this as well that like these enslaved african people of nigerian descent they all just leapt to their death because mm-hmm. they're like nah ain't like on the it. transatlantic like, journey instead yeah, of like, making it to you know peace. these coastal unknown futures they were like you know what i'm about to go for an eternal swim because the unknown yeah. of what tired of these states on these motherfuckers. Yeah, planes. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure where it is that y'all tired are taking us, but I know it ain't nowhere good. So uh, no, I'm a peace out. Chains, these chains don't feel. Yeah, they don't feel that chain. Wow. So you see how like this is gone so far, but the thing is, is that the legend is that like what they did is that they they didn't die, mm-hmm. it's that they flew back. That Africa. they flew back to Africa. So, like, switching back, that, like, there was this enchant kind of, like, switcheroo. Like, we're not doing this. Wow. Like, if only. This ain't for us. This ain't us. I want to believe that the spirit of every enslaved African who didn't make it from coastal Africa to the North Americas or the Caribbean or the UK, wherever else they took us, or our ancestors, I want to believe that their souls very much did fly back home. That's what I'm choosing mm-hmm. to believe. <laughs> That's going to help me sleep better at night. Yeah. And also, like, I remember, I don't know. I might have saw this on Facebook, like, a long time ago. But I know there's, like, somebody who made, like, a bunch of statues underwater as, like, a monument to that. And I was like, <gasps> and there's another one, too, but it's on land. And it's like, <gasps> but that one was, like, distorted and shit. And yeah, and they made these monuments and yeah, it's wild under the sea where it is. But what are you bringing in into the spooky, spooky, crazy well, things that have history in real life? Are they real? <laughs> are they not? Area 51. Well, is it real? Is it not real? I don't know. Conspiracy? I, I mean, know. that's up for debate. Uh. The thing is that all I love that your stories are like continental or international rather because you you talked about africa you talked about like the west coast of africa and tilsonburg and jamaica like everything that i found was very local i kind of focused uh, cool. mostly on toronto oh fun so which is like there's so much to choose from because yeah. even like jenna they remember first year theater school Shut up, man. (laughs) Dude. So anyone who doesn't know, Humber College, the Lakeshore campus, a part of it used to be the Lakeshore Asylum. Yes. And there was this Lakeshore Hospital that used to Mm -hmm. be known as the Mimico Insane Asylum. And 
the buildings that we, our first year classes were in were little cottages that were essentially, you know, smaller parts of this insane asylum facility. And haunted as fuck. Haunted as fuck. There With were a little so lake on many, the side. it was like, you know, there were a lot of institutional horrors uh, back in the day with quote unquote treatments that were, you know, they would range from electroshock therapy and insulin shock therapy and lobotomies. They were just straight scooping people's brains out Remember of their heads. Remember when Sava cut her potato dick? <laughs> yep. Yep. Because there were yeah. so many people oh. who were committed to that insane asylum who had, you know, there were families who couldn't afford to bring their relatives home. Yeah. Some people would just lock them in there. Like one lady, yeah. like, like um, husbands could be like, yo, I think uh, my wife's being a little hysterical. I just love Oh, her she's up. just a little too horny. My wife's a little too horny and that's suspect. So I'm a sticker in this insane asylum and just kind of leave her here to rot. Even though I have like three mistresses on the side. Yeah. You know. They're all crazy too though. The mistresses. Uh, <laughs> According yeah, to them. these olden day men, of course. Yeah, so, you know, even when we were in theater school, there were whispers around the asylum being haunted. And I don't know if they've still done that, if they're still doing this, because, of course, pandemic. But when we were in school and for years afterwards, they would host a Halloween haunt. Yeah, um, they had they on, had yeah. underground tours in the basement. Yeah. Could you imagine going into a old, used to be, like, you know facility no i'm not going down there like that's too much no no it's too that's much that shit's too much. real you know that there are no. like there's bad no energy energies. all up and down there but Bye. didn't they end up like tearing them down they tore it down and they well some of them they just put stickers on because i remember when like we went after like the halloween like thing at the power plant and like i think it was like Cena and Erica and me and Brendan and Matt. I don't know. I think I think that was that was all of us. And like they they saw like beams of light in like I think it was G building. And that was supposed to be like the bad, bad one. And like me and Matt were mm. like behind them. Like we were like far away. From oh yeah, because all the little cottages were lettered. Yeah. Our classes were in L building. L building. And uh, H building? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. Oh gosh, there were so many of them. It was the humanities. I was like, uh, I'm here. It's bad seven. vibes. What's happening? Bad vibes from one little cottage to another. Yeah, no, I wasn't feeling it. And I was like, oh. And then something followed me home and it was scary. Yeah. Our apartment was already haunted. There was a man in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I don't fuck with no ghosts. I don't fuck with ghosts. And they came out <laughs> later. Like they came out later. Like we weren't like, it wasn't like we were like, oh, there's a pear tree in the backyard. And like, oh shit, there's spirits in the fucking building. I was like, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Like they came out mm-hmm. later. I was so pissed. I was like, what? All along the lake shore. I feel like all along the lake shore in Mimico and Etobicoke is just rife with skeletons in every bad closet. spiritual energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all these people jumping into the water. And we said it. Which Okay, so this is a great segue into the next one that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. So another local urban legend or myth in Toronto is that apparently there is an alien base at the bottom of Lake Ontario. I'd believe it. I believe it too. I don't I know. So it. Why not? Apparently. Lake Ontario has lots of creepy crawlies in it. 
there's a lot. Oh, don't get me started on how friggin' disgusting that lake is. So yeah, according to conspiracy theorists and extraterrestrial enthusiasts, there that. is an alien base underneath Lake Ontario yeah. that somehow causes strange light patterns to be occasionally seen. That's cool. So it's been rumored that there are orbs of light that can be seen during the night flying Ooh. in the general direction of the power plant in Mississauga. There's obviously no conclusive evidence that, like, to no. prove that there is a an alien base that exists at the bottom of Lake Ontario. But, but it'd be I, cool. I choose to believe that it's true because a, like I said, Lake Ontario is disgusting, and there's got to be a, you know, a ripe. I don't know. There's got to be something going on down there, and it's also like it's just disgusting and terrifying. Maybe that's a force field. Maybe the muck is a force field. So that the shmegma that's floating yeah. on Lake Ontario is the, the force, force field, field that protects the alien. alien base from being detected by the Torontonians. Yeah, because they don't want to Who swim knows? in the lake. You know how many people are like, nah, I'm not going to swim in the beach. And I'm like, all those water advisory warnings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, but like, I'm just like, I, I, I love the beach. And like, I feel like in Toronto, there's so many beaches and I get it. Like, sometimes they're gross, but like. It's water. Listen, it's all we got. I love Toronto. It's all I we got. I grew up there, but d calling the beaches in Toronto beaches is a stretch, even on I a sunny day. I get it. Okay. <laughs> it's like going to Port Bruce and getting like dragonflies and mosquitoes. And you're like, why do people still go here and consider this a beach? And you're like, I don't know. It's like people want to fantasize. Sandbanks Beach in Prince Edward County is where I got eaten alive by. A swarm Eaters. of mosquitoes on a foolish night excursion. Yeah, that was my no. mistake. You gotta watch it. was absolutely my bad. No. Yeah. Okay, so uh, not to get too far off track, but part of the reason that I also choose to believe that this alien base exists at the bottom of Lake Ontario is because when I was a little kid, I would look out my window <laughs> in like midtown Toronto, like several kilometers north of the lake, and I would see these beams of light just dancing in the sky. You know, the logical part of me knows that that was very likely the lights from the Air Canada Center. Oh, my God. Um, yes. However, <laughs> the I always get shook sometimes when I look up <laughs> in the sky and I see that. And I'm like, oh, somebody have it. What? Dude, I was probably 10 years old the first time I looked out <sighs> in the sky and saw those beams of light. And was convinced that there were aliens coming to town. The aliens were coming to town oh, or emerging from Lake Ontario. Uh, so, uh, as, from as the schmegma. As far as this urban legend goes, yeah, breaking through the crust of schmegma on top of Lake oh, yeah. Ontario and emerging mm. out into the streets of Toronto. Mm. Hot child. <laughs> Hot child in the city. <laughs> <laughs> oh you know, god! It can make it. It can come back. We can come back. We'll oh, make it. We'll make it. That's work. a good one. No, I like that. I also found. Uh, I've heard this one before, and I don't know. I don't really have any emotional attachment to this story, but <laughs> it feels like something that I could easily believe. Apparently, mm. there is a myth of a lady in red in the lower bay station. Okay, I know. Like. My ex loves trains. 
it's he loves them. He he just loves trains. And he loves base station too. He's the one who like got me on the tip of the base station, being like, yo, there's a little fucking there's a little nook down here. And I'm like, what? There's a nook? So Okay, yeah. so just hold now your horses. Let me tell you about the nook. There's the nook. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> so apparently, I mean, most Torontonians know that there are uh, hidden subway stations, abandoned subway stations below the TTC that were, you know, used to be in service many moons ago. They often get used for locations for Hollywood films. Yeah. And, you know, that's exciting. But what's also exciting is the possibility of all of the souls down oh, there. stop it. Um, <laughs> like ghosts yeah exactly which include this the rumors of this ghost lady in red so apparently there's this woman the ghost of a woman who roams the lower subway stations wearing a red dress who appears on the platforms from time to time and it's i guess people who are filming down there and ttc operators who are the ones that come across her because you know it's the general the general public isn't accessing those those stations Mm -hmm. and I don't know. I guess I want to choose to believe that all of the unfortunate incidents of people oh who have taken their lives on <sighs> on the TTC who don't pass on, you know, maybe oh are I don't know. This is I don't want to prescribe this to anyone's soul, but like no. you know, there's a possibility that there are a whole lot of them who are just kind of trapped down there in the TTC. And dog and like again in Ghost, they do show that one soul just being like, "Get off my train, get off yeah, my train, yeah. get off my train." And Patrick's just, just like, "Yo, train. I'm a ghost too." That was Ghost on Ghost Crime. Oh, I was it's like, really Whoa. sad when you think about it. Yeah, no. So like, no, I get it because like a haunting of any kind is, ooh, yeah, it's sad. So I guess the story that I am the most keen on is one that, again, a lot of Torontonians probably know about this. Buckle in. I've got quite a bit of information on this one. Oh, fucking so, give it. <laughs> so a lot of people know about the Don Jail uh, in Riverdale, what used to be the Don Jail in Riverdale. Um <laughs> This was, you know, a penitentiary that operated from 1864 to 1977. It had about 275 cells. And at the time, it was the largest jail in North America. Oh, goddamn. Okay. The Dawn Jail was like overall a super creepy building. It was, it had very intense architecture. Yeah. It looks very looming. Well, yeah, there were like cast iron brackets that were in yeah. the shapes of snakes and dragons that would like this that supported so the the atrium weird. balconies. The, yeah, these like really creepy details. <laughs> there were a ton of stories about murders and hauntings that took place there. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that like it was kind of cursed from the very beginning because oh, what happened? Well, the construction on the jail had a ton of setbacks, which included. The death of the head architect, William Thomas. Yeah, Yeah, the head architect, William Thomas, died in 1860, which is four years before the jail became operational. And there was a fire in 1862 that required rebuilding, like, the almost completed jail. So Mm. they were doomed from the very beginning. Nope, see you later. 
the that's ironic that's thing, too many beginnings of any movie yeah i yeah that's like you should have known to just like quit while you Bye. were i don't know if it's even fair to say that that would have been they would have been ahead but, he runs the place. He's the lead guy. Like, if he's, if well, he's dead, I mean, like, we're all dead. He's just going to come and design it and help build it and then fuck off and let, you know, whoever's running the jail, which is, I guess, the city, yeah. just sort of do their business. And their intention at first was for the jail to be a quote-unquote progressive jail. Their idea was that incarceration in and of itself is punishment. So Mm -hmm. they had what they presented as like pretty loose, you know, guidelines for the inmates. They were put through rehabilitative work, which included farming the food that they would then eat. Oh, slavery? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) 13th Amendment in the U.S., right? You know. The thing is that at the time, the Dawn Jail was dubbed the palace for prisoners because of this like what they thought was a loose sort of setting for the prisoners but it's so weird mm, you know the whole idea of a jail being a place that somehow is quote-unquote comfortable or palatial Mm. for the prisoners is a joke like get ready to strap in for a long time like no it's totally it, it just doesn't equate so they would have the inmates they would keep the inmates in line so to speak by telling them when they were and weren't allowed to speak they would flog them they would deny them yard and exercise rights for days at a time and this was just this is just the beginning everyone knows that like jail isn't pretty uh and this was no this was no different at the dawn jail like things of course went from bad to worse as the city of Toronto's population grew, the jail, which, like I said, only had 275 cells, they just started, like, cramming as many people in there as possible. Of course, right? They they became, like, infested with cockroaches and rats and mice and uh, completely overcrowded. Yeah, of course. The Mm. prison was built with no plumbing because (laughs) despite the fact that they said that this place was a palace for prisoners, they thought that running water and actual plumbing would be seen as a luxury. Oh my God. The cells. Yeah, dog. Each cell had a bucket that was meant to be emptied once a day. (sighs) If you believe that those buckets were emptied every day, you're a fool. Also, Uh, like, the fact that, like, if you're in a cell and you have somebody who, like, just so happens to like to throw shit. Oh, no! I didn't even think about that. Don't forget that a shit thrower is always possible. No. Think about, remember, have you seen that movie, The Platform? No. Oh my god, no! No, but you you have to watch it and then you'll okay, know what I'm I mean. I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. <laughs> and if anybody listening knows what I'm talking about, you're gonna be like, yeah, no, that's gross. Yeah. But it's super funny though. It's super funny, it's gross, and it's sad. There's a lot of emotions. And it's about a jail, I'm assuming. It, uh, n- no, but the shit throwing and like the concept of jail is like the themes that we're going with. Okay. Okay. That's enough for me. Thank you very much. Um, so back at the Dawn Jail, these inmates, like I said, were being crammed into these 2.5 meter by one meter cells, like three people to a cell. 
and they would force them to sleep in hammocks that would hang above one another, which sounds horrifying. That sounds scary. Actually, in the 1930s, Toronto's mayor at the time went into one of the cells and said a fat horse could not be backed into one. That's how small they were. Uh. There are apparently stories of scribbles on the walls that said, God help the people who stay here, which is just so tragic. Another interesting fact is that over the 150 years that the jail was operational, it imprisoned over a million people. I found like some conflicting information about this. I read that there was anywhere from 34 to 60 hangings over the years, Mm. like in the gallows, which you can still visit today, but I will tell you more about that in just a moment. So like the haunting aspect of it. So apparently- Obviously. Yeah, like I said, there's- So people are going to be pissed. Over a million people have been in jail in that prison over the years. 34 to 60 hangings over the years. That's not including people who just like died in the jail from like beatings and other, you other know, various incidents. things. Oh gosh, so and, uh, many and, and also souls. just dying too, you know. Exactly. Like, no, I'd be a vengeful ghost. I'd be a petty ghost. No, I'd be like, nah, like you killed me. No, like you have to see me every day. There's not many scenarios of my, like my envisioned death where I don't come back as a vengeful ghost. Like Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people that I'd like to haunt, Um, but (laughs) we'll save that for another episode. So as far as the hauntings go, you know, there have been lots of different accounts of different entities that have been detected at the jail Mm -hmm. but two of the most common ones are the presence of a female inmate who took Mm -hmm. her own life by hanging herself in the 1890s uh it's said that if you spend enough time wandering through the hallways of the jail you can easily hear her screaming in agony which is just such a terrifying thought because To my understanding, the jail was mostly male inmates, so I can't even begin to imagine what this Mm -mm. female inmate would have gone through. Nope. So the other most common haunting story to come out of the Dawn Jail comes from a guard. So apparently in 2005, a guard was making his rounds through the day area of the jail. This is an area where inmates would be allowed to access during the day to get exercise. The area had two sets of gates surrounding it, and only one set of gates could be opened at a time so mm-hmm. that as a prisoner enters the day area, the gate behind him must mm-hmm. close before passing through the gate front. I'm sure it's a security measure. Okay. Shutter Island shit. Exactly. <laughs> so during the day area or sorry within the day area there's a punching bag that's suspended by a chain you know one of the thing many things that the inmates use for exercise even through the night the day area is lit somewhat so that you know the guards can ensure that there's no one there when they shouldn't be Uh so apparently at 2 a.m on a november night a guard was making his rounds when an inmate yelled out that he'd been woken up by someone hitting the bag uh-uh. When the bag is hit, there's a change that, like, the chain that suspends yeah, it, it rattles super loudly. Exactly. But the guard, when he spoke to the other inmates about it, had a clear view of the prisoner and of the punching bag. There was no one in the day area. 
Because mm-hmm. in order for someone to hit the bag, mm-hmm. they would have had to escape the locked cells, right? Yeah. So the guards, they do account, and there's no one unaccounted for. Mm-mm. Later, that same night, when another guard was on his rounds, two more inmates were woken up by the sound of the punching bag. And this guard goes out to like do the same thing. He goes out to make sure that all of the prisoners are accounted for. They're all locked up. Uh, And they they could see that the punching bag was unattended and stationary. There's no one in that area. Then later on in the night, there's two officers who are making their rounds together. Another inmate complains of being woken up by the punching bag. Someone's out there rattling that damn punching bag. The guards look out to the day area where the punching bag was clearly swinging from having been hit. Dog. Okay, new job. I don't know. New job. I, I don't new know. New job. And what that's an annoying ghost. Were... Like, that's, that's an annoying <laughs> ass ghost. Yeah, was he annoying or was he just trying to work on his gains? Uh, huh? His ghostly one, gains. One, two, one, two. <laughs> so... Casper, the jail, the, D's ghost. D's. the jail, like I said, the jail was closed in 1977, but actually the East Wing was left operational until 2013 okay. when it was also shut down, which, you know, makes sense because I actually do know of people that had friends and family that were incarcerated in that jail. Oh. And um, yeah, it's really sad to think that just on the east end of Toronto. It's not even that far east. Uh-uh. There, there's just all the, this incredible history, tragic history. Of this big-ass building. Yeah. They they ended up demolishing part of the jail, oh. and the rest of it was preserved and renovated, and oh. is now part of the Bridgepoint Health Complex. However, like I mentioned, the the gallows and the death row cells are still preserved, and... They host tours where you could go check out all of the nooks and crannies of oh. the old Don Jail. Okay. And you know, I think it's kind of it's it's kind of ironic that in such an infamous building that's like preserved by a healthcare facility. Uh-huh. You know, I just think it's ironic that a building that used to be the grounds for such torturous behavior just by virtue of it being a jail mm-hmm. um, you can't have a jail without torture right going into a incarceration place. incarceration in and of itself is torture that was part of the foundational you know beginning of the of the jail mm-hmm. i just think it's great that there's a health complex that is motivated towards helping people yeah rather than what this jail was initially created Set for to do yeah yeah, That's that wild. is those are my interesting urban legend, uh, local urban legends uh, for this episode. It happened to a friend of a friend of mine. Happened to a friend of a friend of a friend of mine. <laughs> gosh, there's so many. Yeah, like the earwig one. The earwig one. Oh my gosh. Obviously, Bloody Mary, Candyman. Yeah. The Hook Man. Oh my gosh. Oh, I remember yeah, the one. Hook, don't make out in a car. The hook. Oh, masturbation harry palms you check that oh, like God. that that's actually like a little like it's a little tall tale yeah or like if you masturbate you go blind oh gosh that was like, just a what? silly one i feel what's wrong with people what like let 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 people masturbate 
<laughs> Let people live their best hairy palmed lives. Yeah, man. Like, thick your bean. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, people are just rude. People hate on well, orgasm. They really do. People just hate on pleasure. Well, 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 this oh, has been a really interesting episode. I'm so glad we did this. I liked it. This was, uh, yeah. Me too. Got to, yeah. got to learn some things and like touch on things, you know? Like Urban Legends is so fun. Yeah. It's a great movie too. Well, maybe we'll review it. Just uh, uh, stay tuned to find out, eager mm. listener. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Ghouls and Galden podcast. We're mm, so glad yes. to be back here with you for season back at two. It again. Please go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Ghouls and Gyaldem. That's G-H-O-U-L-Z-N-G-Y-A-L-D-E-M, baby. Yeah, and let us know what black horror film you'd like us to review next. Please, please, please slide in our DMs. Mm -hmm. Send us your recommendations. Show us some love and make sure you tell all your friends about us. And Ghouls and Galdem is a Bone Lace production in association with Two Skins Entertainment. Production support was provided by James Carlisle and Andy Dolgan on behalf of Toronto-based Big Bad Audio. Make sure to check them out at bigbad.ca. And our bop of a theme song was recorded by Trombotai. <laughs> 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 <laughs>